welcome to another episode. Okay, I'm just going to start this right off by asking you all if you've seen the Pamela Anderson documentary on Netflix. If not, I really suggest you stop right here and you go watch it because, wow, it really, really touched my heart and my soul and just to know like the the real story behind her life and to see the way she speaks and she carries herself and her personality and the story she tells it, it was just very heartwarming and I literally was crying like throughout the whole movie just because it was so it didn't necessarily make me like really sad I mean yes yes but I, I cried as in like it was just very emotional there was like good things I mean I think I literally was tearing up at how beautiful she was like there was like these old like home videos of her talking on like pictures of her and then the way she wrote in her journal that was just so beautiful that actually like made me tear up so highly suggest you go watch it okay so now if you've seen it or if you've come back and you've now you've watched it um I just want this is like kind of gonna bring me into my topic because it sparked a light in me something that I've actually been thinking about for a while is like this this bad boy thing but first uh, I want to talk about Pamela so in the documentary, she shares a quote that says, romantic love is not sustainable. She talks about how she hates that quote. And she's so disappointed by it, which totally understand because I can relate. I do love fantasy, make-believe, romantic, romanticizing your life, all of that. I love all of that stuff. But like, you know, it's a struggle between emotional and rationale. Like, being an emotional person, leading with emotions, and then at the same time being practical and rational, right? But I do agree that it's disappointing. This idea of love and romantic relationships that we see in movies, books, TV, it's not, I mean, at least in my experience so far, I'm 23, okay, it's not exactly what it seems to be. Like, in the way that it's it's realistic in the way that sometimes things that start out very fiery, very passionate, very infatuated with each other and just head over heels, romantic, obsessive, like that can burn out in a really bad way or burn out very quickly. A lot of people talk about the honeymoon phase in relationships and how for the first, you know, three to six months, things are amazing rainbows butterflies all of that and then like reality starts to set in and things get more serious or things you know life happens whatever yeah I just think the idea of what love is and romantic what romantic relationships are supposed to be so I did get a few responses a little voicemail from you guys um on your thoughts and opinions on the Pamela documentary and what you thought about her saying that she knew that she was in love with Tommy, but she knew that she couldn't be with him at the same time. So here's a response. After watching that documentary, I realized I've never connected more to a celebrity or someone in pop culture when it comes to love. I'm such a hopeless romantic, and when I love, I love so hard and fast, and I recently lost someone who I have always considered the love of my life. He passed away from a drug overdose, and... Part of the reason why we haven't been together the last few years is for that reason. And when she says, like, I get emotional thinking about it. But when she says during the documentary that she can't be with this person, if she can't be with this person, she doesn't want to be with anyone. That's truly how I feel. Like, 
after losing this person and it's been a fresh loss, but after knowing that he's no longer here, I can't see myself ever receiving love or giving love like I did with this person. Pam is honestly such an inspiration for being so brutally honest about the situation because there are truly people that you know you want to be with, but you can't because they have some pain that they have to work through before you can get back together with them. And sometimes that's good and sometimes it's not. Wow. Okay. First of all, um, I just want to say I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, that's really hard to go through and I really appreciate you sharing that experience. Um, but I totally agree with you. I think that people have to want to change themselves and sometimes you, you really can't be with someone because of the fact it's time it's time for them to go and work on themselves and it's very amazing that you can be self-aware and you can acknowledge that i do think though that when pamela was telling her story you can see that she has a very strong self-awareness i think like she even i think she uh, when she's in the bath towards the end of the movie she records a voicemail like later on i think pondering her thoughts and she talks about how she doesn't feel as though she's had another love in her life like Tommy. She feels that she's only been in love with him and that she truly hasn't been able to love anyone else. But she also says that she knows that she can't be with him. And I think that she was actually so strong to walk away in the first place. Like when the whole abuse happened and her children and like that, that is very strong of her to, to realize, to know that sometimes love is not enough. In a relationship so very strong of her but at the same time you sympathize because she mentions that you know she regrets not working through it because she sees that her parents in a way that they were mentally and physically abusive to each other and that they now they're happy now and they've worked worked it out and so she mentions that she does regret not doing that with Tommy but she also feels like she can't be with Tommy so she feels like it's a punishment right now I am not her and I don't truly know the extremes of the situation and like her feelings and his feelings and all that and whatever this is just purely my outside perspective opinion if I could try to place myself in her shoes so for one I so much related to the fact that she said she would rather just be single because yes like sometimes I really relate to this I would rather go to bed peacefully knowing there's not a man causing me emotional distress in my life because that shit is the worst. So I'd rather be like, and what this is what I think she's alluding to is that she would rather be single than to deal with a toxic relationship that is can be so amazing and incredible and you know, intense, but also it could be so damaging and scary and really uh, having a lot of really low feelings. So I, I think that that's, um, that's, that's very self-aware that she's acknowledging that. However, I do want, I, I want to have hope for her. I, I mean, yes, I do believe that you can be single and you can die single and you can live a life of I, I believe that you can live a life of abundance and you can be fulfilled even being single and having other 
friendships in your life that aren't romantic that can fulfill your life. You know what I mean? Because I do, at the end of the day, believe that self-love is the number one most important thing. But I still have hope for her. Like I still, I am a romantic person and I think that she also is and I still have hope that maybe she'll find someone. But I do think she's in her like self-love healing era and with this documentary coming out, like people seeing all this light on her story, you know, maybe the right guy will come around. I don't think that it's Tommy. Um, just because it seems like he, and like I said, I, I don't know this man. I really don't, but it seems like maybe he has some self-work to do. And I don't know. I don't think that people are good or bad. And I don't know if there's any possibility for Tommy to change his ways or change. I mean, this was so long ago. I don't know what he's like now. I don't know if it's, I mean, this isn't even my life. Okay. But it's just interesting. Um, but just like, if you think about this type of relationship, uh, in another sense, like, but besides if it was Pam or Tommy, like a relationship like this, like, I don't know if, someone has it in them who was um, abusive or toxic to change all the way into like a healthy loving person potentially I think potentially people can change but they have to do it themselves like you can't make someone change and uh, don't worry we're gonna get into all of that but I do think that like he would have to go on a journey himself and I, I don't even know if they're meant to be I do think that like people in your life are in your life for a season and they were in each other's life for a reason, a season, but they're maybe they're not end all be all. But she, you know, had two sons because of that. She put out this documentary, maybe for other women and men to see and to relate to. And oh God, she just really touched my heart. Just want to give her a hug. Love that woman. Can't wait to see what she does with her career. Like I feel like she's about to have a whole new rebrand. She's gonna just be thriving. And yeah, I think it's just really, it's really cool to see, especially if she's going to stay single, even if she doesn't, like even if she finds one, but if she does stay single, that I think will give a lot of hope. I know to me too, because I really am liking being single right now. I am though in my first dating era a little bit, which I am going to do an episode about, but I'm, I've been collecting research guys. I've been going on first dates from dating apps and I've been recording voice memos. I've been writing down my feelings uh, or just like things that I've been learning about myself. I've gotten voice notes from other friends who are going on first dates. Just, Ooh, it's going to be, it's going to be very, um, educational, I hope, but I'm, I'm waiting for that because I want, I want to go on enough dates to have the research to back what I want to speak about and like first dates 101 basically because first dates fucking suck. Like, okay, they can be, okay, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. Don't worry, we will talk about that, but nonetheless, Pamela Anderson, amazing woman, love you dearly. Okay, okay. So now we are going to be touching on the topic of the bad boy, romanticizing the bad boy. So I did some, did some research into this. Okay. And I just want to say I have fell victim of the bad boy. I have gone after the bad boy. I've romanticized the bad boy. I've dated a bad boy. Uh, A bad boy has broken my heart. You know, I feel like I know the pretty well. I feel like I know them pretty well, but (laughs) still have some things to learn, okay? Because 
there still my mind still wanders and still you know you know when you know something's not good for you but you're still kind of curious about it like I still do that sometimes okay but we're really trying to break that cycle but it is a very fascinating the research I've done and a lot of it comes from movies and from fantasy fantasy if you will actually because books tv like I was saying earlier this world of fiction right I think that's how I don't know if that's how the bad boy was born I mean it's all this fantasy and fiction is based on some real life right so we're just gonna okay so we're just gonna get into the bad boy the bad boy trope in movies, books, TV shows. So this all stems back from very early on, very early movies, but let's start, I'm going to start in the 1950s. So in the 1950s, movies began to portray bad boys as these tragic figures rather than villains. So boys with a, a deeper backstory, a very sad story so that you kind of feel for them and, you know, you kind of make excuses for why that they're bad because they have this dark sad story that pulls you in that's how it started in the movies because first apparently before the 1950s um bad boys were just strictly villains and there still are movies today that you know some bad characters don't have any redeeming qualities but before the 1950s apparently um just villains so it wasn't really like you were very attracted to just villains, right? One of the first well-known bad boys introduced in movies was James Dean. James Dean played Jim Stark in the movie Rebel Without a Cause. So, you know, he's a troubled boy who's into crime, rides a motorcycle, has a bad relationship with his parents, okay, but he's very hot. Okay, that's important here. He's very attractive. So there's a few different types of bad boys. I've got the Chuck Bass type of bad boy. You know, this bad boy is charming. He, I mean, all, all bad boys are a little charming, but this Chuck Bass is particularly money and party driven. You know, he's into drugs, drinking. He always wants to be at the next party. He has a relationship with a lot of women. He's seductive. He's kind of rude. He's in the beginning of Gossip Girl, Chuck Bass, perfect example. In the beginning of Gossip Girl, yes, Chuck Bass was like a villain. Like he tried to take advantage of Jenny and he was like an asshole. And Serena, he like tried to do all kinds of things. He like spread rumors about Blair he was not it right but then okay it's also interesting all of these bad boys in the movie we're talking about only fantasy here first okay all of these bad boys like generally have daddy issues or like a problem with their dad okay so Chuck Bass famously did not have a good father right and definitely acted out because of his relationship with his dad so, but then, you know, throughout Gossip Girl, we, st the, the audience starts to love Chuck because of his sad story and the way he was treated by his dad. It's like, oh, well, this is why he's the way he is. This is why he acts out because of his dad. It's not Chuck, you know, he's not all bad. It's, he just was, he was raised that way. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, empathize for them and we try to give excuses for the behavior okay and then we have this is another type of bad way we have this pseudo intellectual that is dark cynical 
you know, tries to pretend like they really know what they're talking about. Very, very fake, deep type of boys. Um, we've got uh, JD in the he- movie The Heathers. If you've seen that movie, very good movie. Like a 90s, like cult classic movie. You know, he convinced Winona Ryder's character essentially to kill people. Um, but he does this through charm, this different outlook on life. He's not like the jocks. He's not like the nerds. He's, uh, going against the norm, which can be attractive, whatever. But usually they end up being shallow or dangerous. Another example is Timothy Chalamet and Lady Bird, um, when he is like trying to say all these big terms to her or, correct her when she pronounces pronounces a French word wrong. He's trying to seem like he knows, but he really doesn't. He's really fucking shallow and kind of an asshole. But, you know, he has these charming qualities. Now, uh, Timothy Chalamet in that movie is, okay, he's not, he doesn't have such a big role uh, as the bad boy. But generally, all these characters get away with being bad because they're extraordinarily attractive, right? We excuse their behaviors because they're hot in the movies, right? But as you'll see, there are some parallels to real life because life imitates art, baby. So just just wait, okay? So, <laughs> so it's the, you know, so why are we attracted to bad boys, right? I think that firstly, it's temptation. It's something that you know is not good for you but you want it anyway. Like, we know going after that bad guy, it's not the right way to go, but being in the moment and, like, the thrill of it can be really fun. And also the, the qualities these characters have, right? They're charismatic, they're attractive, they're arrogant, but they're alluring and they're dangerous. And it's kind of like, you know, the bad boy on the motorcycle smoking the cigarette when you're skipping school to go drink like whatever like it's kind of like bad and you know it's not good but like I said it's like the thrill and the romanticizing of it okay Lana Del Rey hello she is just she's always talking about the bad boys James Dean white shirt walked into the room you know you made my eyes burn okay she knew she knows she knows um but she romanticizes it you know what i'm saying so i think as developing men and women we're surrounded by this culture of romanticizing the bad boy okay i'll get to it i'll get to it. so basically it's the fantasy of making the wrong choice right the thrill of doing something that we shouldn't but in these movies like i just said with chuck bass he has to have redeeming qualities otherwise he's just an asshole right okay so even in real life when someone is just a bad boy and then like no redeeming quality like he's not nice to you he's not he doesn't care about anything with substance he I don't know he's rude to the waiter like that's a jerk that's an asshole like you don't we're not attracted to that type of bad boy it's the bad boys that have some good qualities that keep you interested keep you you know because I mean when you, what do you think of when you, when you're looking for a partner? You want someone trustworthy, like being able to communicate with them, honest, you know, like we don't want bad qualities. We don't want bad traits. So of course we're not going to want an all bad, bad boy, right? What keeps us 
intrigued? What keeps us initially attracted to the bad boy? I would say that there is a mystery into wanting to figure out these characters. You know, they're kind of sly. They might be kind of in the shadows a bit. Um, But also some bad boys are very confident, very loud, but they're hiding maybe certain emotions or certain personal stories they're not going to share with you because who knows why? Because they're trying to lure you in because they know what they're doing, right? Um, They're trying to just be the bad boy and whatever. So of course, this makes us want to know because if you're like me, hello, Chronicles of a Curious Soul, I love a mystery. I love trying to figure something out. I love questions. I want the answer. So maybe this is why I personally am attracted to bad boys. Um, I mean, listen, we're trying not to do that anymore. But I think because it's the mystery. Why are they this way? What is their backstory? What can I figure out about them that I'll understand that that makes them what they are, right? And so, like I said before, with Chuck, Chuck is such a good example of the bad boy for real. I mean, because we then take away some of his personal responsibility of his actions because we start to say, oh, he's this way because X, Y, and Z. And then there's the sympathy of it. Okay, so that's like the synopsis of a bad boy, right? And then here comes the fixing why we want to stay with the bad boy or okay in characters in movies right we're just doing fantasy first in movies there is this idea that this girl comes along and the love of the good girl to rehabilitate him into a good guy the idea that someone so toxic will turn will will change himself Because now a girl is committed to him and a girl is sacrificing her emotions and her boundaries to be of service to him. Okay? And we've been shown in movies, it just takes the right girl for him to fall in love with and for him to miraculously not be a bad one. I mean, maybe have have that personality of like kind of fun and wild, but but like change commit to her, not do his bad tendencies, whatever, right? And this is so dangerous to sell women on the idea that if we just work harder and sacrifice, then the the man will love us and change. Okay, okay, so that's that's what we're working from here. So I think that this is all where this shit comes from. It comes from fantasy, okay? Fantasy. Okay, so before before we move on, I just want to share you with you guys as I was stumbling upon my research of a website that I found. Let me just let me just tell you about this website. Okay, okay, I found it. Okay, so I was googling about bad boys, blah blah blah. So I found a website called alphaM.com. So I mean, you probably already know what's coming. There is an article on this website called Adopt the Bad Boy Mentality to Dominate Life. Yeah, I'm going to read this. I'm just going to read this. I'm going to read this. So, (laughs) this is like a 10 step or 8 steps, okay, to have this bad boy mentality. This is a a website made by a man trying to tell other men how they can adopt this mentality to dominate life, okay? Number one, they are incredibly selfish. They know they have to take what they want and they are selfish with their time too. 
okay? Number two, they act like they've been there before. Fake it till you make it. They are calm, cool, and collected. They are alluring and intoxicated, being comfortable in comfortable situations, okay? Number three, they are willing to walk away. Many men are fearful of losing what they want, but bad boys are willing to say no and walk away. People can feel this. (laughs) Okay, number four, they don't care and they have the mindset that they can't get hurt. Okay. If you don't like them, they just don't care. No matter what people do, they still dominate due to their mindset and that they can't get hurt. Number five, they are unapologetically disciplined. People don't break their focus because nothing else matters until they've achieved their goals. There's some like little grains of salt of truth in these, but anyway. Um, Number six, they don't ask for permission. They ask for forgiveness because they don't want to wait for approval. They'll go and get what they want and push the boundaries of their comfort zones. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to say push boundaries of others. Okay, whatever. Taking calculated risks. Okay, I don't know about that one. Don't know about that one. And number seven, they realize that relationships are a choice. They choose their friends and relationships. They aren't needy. Instead, they're self-sufficient. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and number eight, they are willing to fail. Now, wait a second. These, okay, maybe I thought these were going to be way worse. <laughs> okay, but they, okay, like I said, this, there's a little truth in these, but some of these are just so dumb. Like, not dumb, but the way he's setting it up. Like, the start of this article says, men like Joe Rogan, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and Donald Trump are bad boys in their respective areas. They do specific things that make men succumb to and make women want them. Here are some of their mind tricks that you should steal. It's another article called How to Make a Woman Obey You, 10 Powerful Mind Games. Okay, <laughs> I don't know what I've stumbled upon, but it brings me to my point that this whole bad boy trope in, in fantasy is that this is actually, I think that it's a harmful myth, even to men, example of this article, because now it's making men believe that women actually like bad boys like this, and that's creating toxic masculinity so now they're thinking oh they like it when we're rude when we're uncaring yeah that's that's gonna make the women want us okay so now this brings us back into reality because i do think there's a lot of real to this in in the fantasy world of the bad boy that has come into real life now because i do think that a lot of women like myself in the past have been attracted to bad boys because of the allure and like the intriguingness and because I'm already into fantasy and I love romanticizing my life and I'm I like the drama the theatrics I think that's what has attracted me in the first place and I'm sure I'm speaking for other women and men here so so there's another theory if there's any men listening that the bad boy is the same thing as like the cool girl in movies like they just don't they just they're just not totally real like in the movies yes and in real life some some of it yes like the like girls try to be the cool girl to get the guy whatever just like the boys try to be the bad boy the point is the bad boy and the cool girl need to stay in fantasy land we can love the characters we can romanticize chuck bass and damon from vampire diaries why am i salvatore damon salvatore loved him but uh, he ended up not being the bad boy see what i'm saying this isn't real if someone has these qualities like they're manipulating they're dangerous they're whatever they need a therapist they need help 
they don't need a girl to come fix them because like this really made me think you know no 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 you know how I said that self-love is like the most important this whole idea that these men I'm not speaking for all men bad men okay not that there's gonna be you know what I mean troubles boys okay the idea that they need a girl to come fix them that's gross like they that should on that should make you unattracted to feel okay like because I've definitely been there I've been like oh I can fix him like whatever no 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 if he needs fixing he needs to go on a self-help journey he has to do his self-love and I think that that could be a really important tool to remember because it's like the moment you start to think oh like maybe I can change him maybe I can be the girl no 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 if he has issues that you see that he needs to change you have to say goodbye and he has to recognize those within himself and change them hopefully you took some something from this of the idea of these types of boys and keeping them in just a fantasy world because there's no there's really no scenario where a girl comes in and fixes a guy and like why why would you want to fix someone but the main takeaway from this I think and what I'm leading to is self-love and kind of what triggered this topic was watching the Pamela documentary and the way she ended it of saying that she would rather just be single because yes like I agree with that and I think at least right now in this point in my life I believe that self-love is the key to it all even even the topic of that for the bad boys they need self-love that's the only way they're gonna not be bad boy anymore whatever and heal is because they need self-love so I really think that self-love is the answer to all and to be fucking single like I mean if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship and you have a good relationship then of course that's not wrong um that's not what I mean you can still practice self-love even being in a relationship a thousand percent you can set boundaries you can have your own time and for me I probably need to do a whole episode on self-love because I think it's different for everyone but also there's similarities that I think should be aligned in uh in the the, your reasonings and the purpose of why you want to strengthen your self-love but uh, I do think that I'm a bad boy recoverer, uh, 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 an ex, uh, what's the, what's, the, we should come up with the term for this. I don't know, but I, I'm a recovering, I used to say like I'm a recovering people pleaser. So maybe I'm a recovering bad boy lover. Okay. Recovering bad boy lover. Yeah. That's my mouthful, but it's true. Um, I'm breaking the cycle. No, 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 no more of that. No more of that. Um, good boys only, but it's, you know, this is it though. This is the thing that I'm still questioning is can you have a good boy, a good, honest, healthy boy and still have that crazy romance? I I don't know. I don't know. And is it just in the honeymoon phase? Does it ebb and flow? Is it, do you define that in your own way? Because sometimes I think, you know, that does scare me. And because I've been so attracted to the thrill of the people who aren't good for me, I am worried about getting in a relationship with someone who is good for me, but I don't feel that 
excitement, but I, I don't think that's true. I think that there is hope f- to have it all, I think. Um, but like the quote said, like Pamela said, romanticizing, what is it? Romantic love. Romantic love is not sustainable. I I think it means like this, this infatuation with each other is not sustainable every day, right? Anyway, if you are single, stay single, work on yourself. You can still go on dates. Like first date era, hello, I'm doing that right now, but I'm learning about myself. I am not going on these dates for these guys. I'm going on these dates for me and for me to feel confident, for me to really learn about myself. And I've already experienced one bad boy. And you know what? I almost didn't learn my lesson, guys. Almost didn't learn my lesson. Uh, it, and you know what? No, no, I'm saving that for the day episode. But needless to say, they are charming. They will charm you. They will say what they want to you to get what they want. They will confuse you. If you were confused, walk away. If you were confused, he doesn't like you that much, okay? So we have got to get over this cycle and we have really, we're going to put the bad boys to rest. Only are we going to watch them in movies and read them in books. They don't exist, as in the ones we want them to be. Okay, so hopefully we can all we can all retire from the bad boy infatuation and we can start loving ourselves and not that you not that those are correlated but you know what i mean okay i mean they kind of are in a little bit anyway okay and on that note now it is time to dig deeper <laughs> okay love that just a little sound bath meditation noise to cleanse the energy okay So from We're Not Really Strangers, of course, this is in the self-love edition. The question is, what would you never want to change about yourself? Hmm. Do some thinking, some reflecting. I I need to think for this too a little bit. Okay, see... This thing that I never want to change about myself, I think is something that also is a blessing and a curse. Like sometimes it bothers me, but for the most of the part, I'd, I wouldn't want to change this. Even though sometimes I've wished that I could turn it off, I can't because it's the way I am. Something I would never want to change is how emotional and sensitive I am and how I can be very in tune with that, but it could also be like too much and annoying and I can care too much, but I really feel like I have learned how to tap into it in a healthy way and use it to benefit my life instead of worsen my life. So yeah, I like that quality and I wouldn't want to change that. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. As always, you can go to my Instagram chronicles of a curious soul and you can go to the link in bio and submit like any thoughts opinions questions you can suggest a topic um and then on my main instagram at Layla kiriakos l-e-i-l-a-k-y-r-i-a-c-o-s i know that could be like hard to spell easy to mess up um on my main account on sundays i'll be posting the topic of the next week's episode that you can submit uh voice memos you can go to the link in the bio and like any type of opinion or question or experience or story you want to share for the next week's episode for a chance to be featured in the episode you don't mind me putting your voice i won't put any names ever don't worry about that it's all anonymous but if you would like to share that i would love that and i would love to know what you guys think as well so thank you so much for listening and i'll see you next week bye Thank you.